Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Scoop. We're serving up some fantasy Sundays for your football Sunday. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Chase Grabowski, and I am joined by uh, James Treefry. Um, I had to take a, a week off last week, so I had some personal stuff uh, arise, but I'm back at the helm. And uh, we're going to be giving you guys some fantasy talking points and uh, hopefully some fantasy advice to help you guys continue your hopeful champ- championship seasons. Um, I wanted to start out the podcast today with um, a – I wanted to see what James thought of this trade that I had in my redraft league um, over the weekend. In one of my leagues, um, I've been really struggling with the tight end position, and I really wanted to target Janu Smith. So I took this trade. I ended up accepting it, but I traded Tom Brady and Stefan Diggs for Janu Smith and then Henry Ruggs. Um, who at first glance without knowing lineups, would you think won that trade? Um, Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, I would say from the surface and, and, you know, from, I think from a lot of fantasy minds perspective, you want to look at a trade and think, Oh, the best, the person who got the best player won the trade, which in this case would be Stefan Diggs. And from the outside looking in, I would go from that side because of how well Diggs is clicking with Josh Allen. That's been a huge thing this season. Stefan Diggs is incredibly talented, and he's got a quarterback that trusts in him and is getting him reeling off with a lot of big plays. So Diggs clearly the best player in that trade going to the other team. But Johnny Smith is, this year, the tight end pool is very, very dry. I mean, even Zach Ertz is not having a good season at all. Outside of Kittle and Kelsey, it's really a, a fight to see if you can get double-digit points in that tight end pool. So you look at a guy like John Smith, who's consistently putting up double-digit points a week, and the Titans offense, who is clicking and is looking to make a deep playoff run and incorporate some more passing game into their offense – you also have to consider the health of A.J. Brown. He has not been healthy all season. The last game he played, he looked really good, and that was the most healthy he's been. And I actually got a notification today saying that he's already questionable. So the fact that A.J. Brown can't stay, can't seem to stay healthy is helpful to the John U. Smith side of the equation because they're a team that loves to run the ball with Derrick Henry and the short tight end routes um, on play-action fakes could possibly be of area of strength for the Titans. So Johnny Smith, a lot of points, a lot of red zone targets. That, that That's a tough one. And Henry Ruggs, you saw what he's capable of last week against the Chiefs. And another point I'd like to add is that these rookie receivers, the Henry Ruggs, the Justin Jeffersons, the Jerry Judys, the Lambs, they are balling right now. And I think that this is the year to trade for one of those rookies. If you can pull off a trade, maybe get a Henry Ruggs or a Justin Jefferson, package them in a deal, that might be a sneaky, sneaky thing to do because they're going to get better as the year goes on. So that's a toss-up. Uh, I mean, the more I think about it, I probably would have to go with your side. Um, Diggs, Diggs great with Josh Allen, but is that sustainable? We, I mean, we shall see. It didn't look great last last game for the Bills. They start losing some games. You know, a lot can happen through the course of the season. So, if I had to bet, I'd probably go with your team. 
so that that's interesting. So I'll bring up I'll bring up what teams me and this guy have currently. Um, he had Dak Prescott, so obviously okay. he needs a replacement at quarterback. My quarterback pool it's a it's a two QB league. I have Lamar Jackson as my one, and then I had Brady at my two, but my third was Justin Herbert. Yes, there you see, there you go, and and that's 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 what that's the variable that makes you win that trade. It made sense to you. You're you're losing Stefan Diggs, but you're gaining a tight end that is probably going to be your starting tight end because if you didn't draft Kittle or Kelsey in the first two rounds, you're going through rotational uh, tight ends. It's that's your Achilles heel if you didn't draft one of those two guys. Yeah, I had a I got Noah Fant pretty late. I actually totally I think in this draft I totally forgot to like prioritize tight end um, because there was three flex spots I had to fill in this league, so I was more focused on that. But I got Noah Fant, and then as my backup, I had Mo Ellie Cox. He had zero points last week, and he had a couple weeks where he had a couple touchdowns. But I don't think that he's you know the long term answer. So no, I, I just was thinking like I, I kind of want to target this guy who's got. I mean, we go look look Janu's stats, Janu Smith's stats right now. Right now, he has through four games five touchdowns. Yeah, that's huge, and that's and and and, and that. That is a stat that can be misleading at times, but I think for tight ends, if they're getting red zone targets and touchdowns, especially this early in the season, like you said, five touchdowns through week five, you're getting a touchdown per game. Mm-hmm. So, and a Titans team who's 5-0, and who's looking to make a statement, because when you think of the AFC, you're thinking of the, the Ravens, the Patriots, uh, I'd even, you know, you could almost even throw Pittsburgh into that equation, you can never count them out. Uh, but we nobody's really talking about the Titans as a serious contender. And they made it to the AFC Championship game last year. So they're coming into the season with something to prove. And the way that John is looking, putting up those numbers early in the year, he's a safe bet. He, I think he's definitely outside of Kittle and Kelsey. You could almost argue that he is the safest bet going forward with at tight end because everybody else, including Zach Ertz and, well, I guess Mark Andrews has been pretty consistent, but yeah, everybody you could argue else, Andrews. I mean, everybody, everybody else, it's been, you know, up, up and down. You get two points this week, 14 the next week, you know, in a bunch of my leagues, I'm cycling through Mike Gesicki. That guy is the most frustrating person in fantasy. Oh, I, I, I start him. He gets me zero points, two points, and then I bench him and he puts up 14. I had the exact same thing in one league, Mike Kosicki. I Every week I start him, it seemed like he get two or five points, and then you said him he gets 20. I, I can't stand inconsistency like that. And that's why I targeted Janu because, I mean, for example, like last, so this last week, we're recording this on Wednesday because of the weird COVID schedules. Yesterday against, um, who did they play last night? Why am I blanking? Um, Bills, Titans. Bills, Bills, Titans. Yeah, they played against the Bills. He had seven targets. That's the second most in the team behind A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown goes down. Who is next? John Smith. I mean, <laughs> and Corey Davis. He's still in, on the COVID. Yeah. So your top two receivers are down. Who are you going to go to? You're going to be looking across the middle for John Smith, especially in the red zone. You know, you use Derrick Henry to get yourself up the field, and then you throw John John Smith a couple touchdowns. I really don't. I don't see a downside to that, especially my my tight end position, my quarterback scenario. And the fact that he kind of needed a quarterback, I felt like I could ask for his top tight end. And now he actually has, I think for his tight end, he has someone. Um, well, let, me, let me look at his team really quick. I don't think it's a very like noteworthy t- noteworthy tight end. 
He's got Darren Fells as a starting tight end. Yeah. This guy's ahead of yeah. me in the in the lineup or in yeah. the standings right now. So, like, I've also made him weaker. Yeah, I mean, Stephon Diggs, the way it's looking, he's he's a consistent, legit number one, number two receiver, and we can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, Josh Allen is such a weird player to me because there's some weeks where he's throwing five touchdowns and he's looking like he's the guy he's clicking on all cylinders and then the next week he's throwing passes 20 yards ahead of receivers but this season I honestly think that Stefan Diggs is giving him something he hasn't had before and that's a talented receiver who wants to do nothing but win and Diggs coming in there he's coming from Minnesota They've had success, and he knows what a winning culture is like. And ironically, I'm saying that because they traded him for locker room issues, but that's, yeah. not, that's not the here nor there. He's a guy who wants the football. He wants to succeed. He wants team success. He gets fired up. He's got a swagger about him, too, and I think that Josh Allen might have needed some of that after a questionable performance in that wild card round. So, yes, you're losing digs, but – that tight end, man, that's, it's so hard. You know, it's almost, I mean, you almost have to consider giving up a guy like a Stefan Diggs or a Tyler Lockett or a Terry McLaurin, guys that are balling for you. You might have to give one of those guys up because if the tight end keeps dragging you down, the Stefan Diggs isn't going to really do, what is he really doing you? How, what good is he doing you? I mean, Cox was my tight end last week and he had zero points. Yeah. Uh, the week before that, I think Noah Fant had five points. And I lost uh, the last two weeks um, by a span of, I think, 10 points total. And yeah, Stefan Diggs had 20.6 points in this league yesterday. But I, I, I didn't win at the end of the day. And I feel like it's because I don't have enough tight end um, help. And as far as my receivers, I, I have DeAndre Hopkins as my one. I've got Justin Jefferson as my two. I have Jerry See, Judy. I have Jarvis Landry. And now I just added Henry Ruggs, who yesterday, or not yesterday, Sunday, Went uh, two catches only, but 118 yards and a touchdown. So we got big playability there. If you really need a spot start, he could get you 20 points. I The more that I talk about it with you, too, actually makes me feel more confident in my decision to go forward with this trade. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned all the rookies that you have because, as I mentioned earlier, I think this is really the year to have rookie receivers stashed on your bench because you're seeing Justin Jefferson – Henry Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb. I'll even go Brandon Ayuk has been a standout so far. He's had a couple of good games. He had a 20-point game. I think it was week three. Brandon Ayuk mm-hmm. got in the 20s with backup quarterbacks. So this, if they're getting going like this in week five, imagine what they could be doing when the season really gets nitty-gritty, especially when you consider that there's a seventh seed and there's – Oh yeah. Only and there's only one there's only one buy team that gets a buy. So the race for playoff seedings, playoff spots, number one seeds is gonna be much more intense. So these rookies, their young legs and their extreme talent, if they get going, they're gonna be used. Justin Jefferson, he's gonna be major in this Viking offense. I do believe by the end of the season Jefferson is gonna be the Minnesota number one receiver. So there you go. That's that's bold. We heard it here first on Fantasy Scoop. Justin Jefferson is going to take Adam Thielen off the map. 
I mean, not off the map. I mean, I, I really believe that he is the guy. And, and Adam Thielen getting up there in age, he's entering his 30s. He's, I think he's probably, I think he's 32 at, right now. I think he's probably 32. Um, but Yeah, I think he's 30s for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's definitely in his 30s. But, you know, he's getting up there. I've never been a fan of the way he can't make a catch and without diving or putting himself in harm's way risk an injury but yeah. Jefferson his talent his speed his route running his catchability and his confidence you got a, you got the real deal right there you can let Stefan Diggs go yeah I'm really high on Jefferson too uh one one thing before we wrap up this segment um I like the point that you that you brought up originally and that's stashing those rookie receivers with this huge draft class if you guys see any of the people we've listed, Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb, if for somehow he's on the freaking waiver wire, Brandon Ayuk, um, a J- even even a Tim Patrick or like a KJ Hamler potentially, I think it's worth a stash because as as you can see, I was able to give up Stefan Diggs because I had Justin Jefferson and Jerry Judy just sitting on my bench ready to go. So if those guys are available, I mean maybe not this week because the waiver wire is is messed up right now and depending what league you're in. But focus on those guys. Get those guys on your team because they could be huge down the stretch. Okay. So the next segment I think we're going to go for, um, the Thursday night game that originally was supposed to be the Chiefs and the Bills, um, that's obviously not going to be happening on a Thursday because the Bills just played yesterday. So that'll be on a Sunday, but we're still going to do a stardom setting for that game. So, uh, James, we'll start with you. Um, who is your start for the Chiefs-Bills game? Well, I'm going to go with a bit of an interesting one here. I'm going to go with Cole Beasley. Um, kind Ooh. of ironic, we were just talking about Diggs, but Beasley, the number two, I think this is the game where he's going to find some stability because he hasn't quite, and a lot of it does have to do with Stefan Diggs. We can't ignore that, but he's still putting up consistent numbers in a regular PPR league on Yahoo. He's put up the last four weeks in week two, 12 points, week three, 16 points, week four, 12 points, week five, 11 points. So he's consistently getting those numbers and you're going up against the chiefs defense who I have no doubt will be keying in on Stefan Diggs. And I'm looking at the Bills, and I'm thinking they're going to want to keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes as much as possible. So what Cole Beasley is best known for, getting the drag routes, getting the first downs, moving the chains, they're going to use him a lot this game. You have to look at game plan. They will use him. And they will also use their running backs. Singletary is going to have a great game. Look for John Brown as well. But especially look for Cole Beasley to go for over 20 this week. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his stats right now, and I'm actually kind of blown away. So to start out, he's only owned in Yahoo leagues 31% of the time. And in ESPN, he's only owned 32% of the time. So he's plenty available. And you look at his game log, if you're looking at a PPR league, for example, point per reception, yesterday he had 11, 11.3 points. Um, the last game he had uh, 12.2, it looks like. Um, the game before that he had 16. The game before that he had 13. this guy's readily available people readily available. And if you, for some reason, have him on your bench, he's 
he's as consistent as you can get. The biggest thing in fantasy, besides maybe like focusing on touchdowns, for me is consistency. And I was just helping a guy at one of my leagues. He's trying to learn fantasy, and I said the biggest thing you can look for in a player is looking at how consistent their lineup is. If they score 31 game and five the next, can you really count on them? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say so. But someone like Cole Beasley, who's really under the radar, I mean, 30% owned in both leagues, and he's getting 10 plus, 12 plus every single week. I mean, this this it's a it's a no brainer in my opinion. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, and he's the type of guy, you know, he's not going to blow you away with his extreme skill set and athletic ability, but he's a guy that his team wants to go to in third down situations. He gets a lot of short receptions. PPR, he's huge. So look, mm-hmm. for, him to get in, look for him to get involved this week against the Chiefs. Well, this week, too, we've got the Saints on by. So if you have any Saints receivers or running backs in your flex, you got to sit them down. You've got the Seahawks on by as well. So if you have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, um, even David Moore potentially, or Chris Carson on your lineups, you got to sit them down too. You got a spot that you could easily put them in. I think, I think that's a great pick. I'm, I'm surprised. I agree with you this much, not because of you, just because of the fact that it's Cole Beasley. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, it's a that that's definitely a that's definitely a nice stash. You want him on your lineup, ready to go if the receiver goes down, and this is his week. Oh, for sure. I actually have, a, for my start, I have one of, my, one of his teammates. Um, that's actually his quarterback. Um, and some of you may be like, oh, of course, you know, start Josh Allen, but I'm going to go with Josh Allen and uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, first off, e- yesterday against the Titans, he, I mean, I was watching the game while I was running in the gym, and it was he made some terrible throws, some terrible throws that just didn't make any sense to me. And if just by the eye test, you're like, okay, he's not really doing that great today. He's really struggling. They got killed yesterday. But if you look a little closer at the stats, I mean, he still had a 26 for 41. So he had a 60 plus um, completion percentage, 63.4 to be exact. He still threw for over 250 and he had two touchdowns on top of that. And he ran for 18 yards. So there's another point. So, and that's his worst game of the year. Every single week this so far for the first four weeks, he's had 25.4 against the Raiders. He's had 31.2 against the Rams, which to me is the most impressive because the Rams have, their defense has been pretty disruptive this year. And then he had 34.5 against Miami and then against uh, the New York Football Jets, which um, if you can even call them the New York Football Jets, he had another 28.2 against them as far as points. I... You may think, okay, maybe, yeah, he's he is a fluke because he's had so much controversy around him this year as far as um, if he's even the long-term guy for the Bills. But I, I think if you're looking for fantasy-wise, I would have no reason to sit this guy down. you got to keep him in your lineups because he is still, if he has an off week, you can see he can still put up 15-plus points. But my sit him, um, on top of Josh Allen, my start him, which is pretty obvious. Uh, my sit him is Ed Edwards Elaire. Elair, I don't. Th- I think the H is silent. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm, they keep getting it. They they can't seem to figure that one out. The announcements. <laughs> you hear it a diff. Every every different announcer says it differently. Um, but I'm gonna go with Elair. Um, if you have to sit him down, I mean, obviously, if you have no other running backs because there are a few injuries out there, you got to put him in your lineup. But if you have an option to sit him down where you can play someone else over him, this would I think be the week to do it. 
so the week one, he went crazy. You know, obviously the first game of the year, you see week one, he did really, really well. Um, but as far as the last four weeks, his rushing yards have been as follows. 38 in week two. He had um, 64 in week three, another 64 in week four, and then 40 in week five. No rushing touchdowns. Um, he has been catching the ball a little bit, but no touchdowns. He's had one touchdown all year. I would expect more out of the first round pick from the from the Chiefs, considering how high powered they are. Um, but in this, I mean, in in fantasy, we've talked about it on this, on this podcast before. You need touchdowns, and he simply isn't getting enough total yardage to warrant him not scoring a touchdown to keep him consistently in your in your lineups. If you have someone else that you can play over him, yeah, and 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 he was a guy who a lot of people wanted to take in the first round. And it's obvious why, because he's on the Chiefs, high-powered offense. They drafted a running back. Did they, they did get him in the first round, last yep. pick of the first round. So you draft him at, with that pick, you're expecting him to put up big numbers. And a lot of people took him over guys like Josh Jacobs, over Nick Chubb, even these big-time receivers like D-Hop and Julio, the guys that, should undoubtedly be over him, but for some reason, this guy drew so much attention. And looking at those numbers that, that you just mentioned, he's not producing at the level that people who picked him in the top 10 need from their number one pick. Because it's like I always say in the draft, you can't win your league in the first round, but you can lose it. And if your guy's not getting in the end zone and the Chiefs have a lot of a lot of sugar to share. Sammy Watkins' health in question might benefit him this week. Mm-hmm. But when I think of the Chiefs' offense, I think of Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. I'm not thinking about Clyde Edwards' Elair. So that is a, a good sit probably not a popular sit because I highly doubt that fan, a lot of fantasy owners are stubborn enough to bench their first-round pick. But mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, his average draft position on ESPN was um, overall eight, but for running backs, he was the seventh off the board. So for a lot of leagues, I mean, like you mentioned, it's like you're picking him over like someone like Nick Chubb. I don't, I don't, I don't understand how that's even possible. Yahoo's the same way. He was the seventh one off the board. Um, I think that's a little high, um, just because of the fact that he's not scoring any touchdowns. I mean, he does catch the ball a little bit, like we said. It's not the most popular pick, which is why I said, you know, hey, if you have no one else that you can play at running back, obviously put him out there. But, I mean, say you got say you got James Robinson, and then you have someone like, a, well, not this week, but you also have Kamara. I mean, like someone someone like that. Like, you, you could afford to start a wide receiver over him in your flex, uh, in my opinion. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, Who would your sit be, James, would you say? My, my sit for this week is Sammy Watkins, and it's because he's drawn the questionable tag yet again. Mm. And when you look at his stats, another point that you brought up when we were talking about Cole Beasley is the consistency. And I know that he's been banged up a lot, so some of these stats might not be 100% accurate to go off of in terms of his playability. But in terms of a fantasy owners, let's just look at his numbers from week one to week five. So 21 points, week one, two points, 13 points, 
six points, 10 points. So see all over the board, all over the board. And this is the week to most definitely sit him. The Bills defense is coming off a very rough week against the Titans. They're going to do the best they can to get healthy because they're coming in with something to prove. And the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have to go to their best weapons if they hope to beat this Bills defense. And that's going to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey because that's where they're best at. They're going to need to bring their best game. They're not going to have the time to be dinking and dunking to guys like Sammy Watkins or Demarcus Robinson. The Bills are going to be competitive, and you're going to be going to your number one targets. And Clyde Edwards-Elaire might get something going here, but I'm looking for Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey to all have big, big weeks this, uh, well, not Thursday night, this now Tuesday night game. I think Miko Harbin could be someone to watch too, potentially, because he's got some nasty speed. Most, yeah, and, and he fits in that offense so well, definitely. Yeah, I'm just looking at Sammy Watkins' uh, stats too. I, I can't take the inconsistency. I thought about picking him up, picking him up week one after he had, I think, I think he had a touchdown um, in week one where he had that was his best game though. And so I'm kind of happy that I didn't end up wasting a waiver claim on someone who's going to be potentially scoring you zero or potentially scoring you 10. I kind of need someone who's going to be consistently putting out decent numbers to actually warrant a spot on my team. And I would say the same for everybody listening to this. Um, okay, so the next segment that we have, uh, last one quickly, um, is we have trends that we're watching in fantasy right now, whether this be like a player doing well, player doing bad, or like someone potentially not being on a roster, which is surprising. Um, James, do you want to go first on this one? Because I really like your take, and I, I, I think I want to talk about that one a little bit, a little bit more than mine. Yeah, uh, okay. So, I uh, go on the waiver wire, and I see somebody by the name of Brandon Cooks, who just dropped 30 points. In the first week that Bill O'Brien is not the Texans coach, might I add. So, yes, you look at his numbers, four points week one, 14 points, five points, and then zero points against the Vikings. But (laughs) the guy is 44% owned in Yahoo leagues, and that's across all leagues, not, you know, just including eight-man leagues. Under 50% owned when you're most likely the number one or number two target to Deshaun Watson because I'm still not sold on Will Fuller. I've never been a huge fan of his. He gets hurt way too often. And just that alone, how in the world is Brandon Cooks 44% owned in Yahoo Leagues? And and, and to me, the, the low percentage shows that there might have been a lot of leagues that he wasn't even drafted in because I see in the percentage, he only was, his ownership only gained 1% last week. So is this guy going undrafted? What's going on? I mean, does this guy not have fantasy value? I, this is ridiculous. This guy is has been, yes, he's been injury prone, but when he's on the field, he has been a consistent number two option, number one or two option for every single team that he's played on. And he got a big contract, not, you know, just because teams love to throw around money. Some of them do. But he is definitely a guy who I'm looking at and thinking, Deshaun Watson, potential number one receiver? 
that's ridiculous, man. That's a that's a slip up by us as fantasy players and uh, NFL analysts as a whole. This guy can play, and no more Bill O'Brien. He's got thirty points in the first week without him. <laughs> the first Watch week out. without Bill O'Brien, yeah, I know. With, yeah, exactly. That's and yeah, that that is a major point in my uh, soliloquy here about Brandon Cooks that Bill O'Brien is no longer there. But still, how is this man forty four percent owned? This guy, like two years ago, this guy was go like a fourth round pick. I I think that's crazy too. I mean, I I get if you just stash him on your bench. You know, I get if you don't start him for a while because I mean, he like you said, he had a few rough weeks. But to me, forty four percent owned is a little is a little perplexing. It's not even it's it's very perplexing to me. And ESPN as well, a little bit better, sixty one percent. I I don't. I don't, I don't understand it either. I mean, I, he's got talent, and he could go off at any point. If you have an injury to a receiver, you can, and you have Brandon Cooks in there. Say last week you had, um, I think Julio missed last week. You miss Julio, and your your top receiver on your bench is Brandon Cooks. You toss him in, you just got 30 points. But instead, you know, he's on the waiver wire, and he's not getting anyone any, any points. I don't understand that. I, I, I get that I he's know. not the most consistent. That's what we've been kind of saying here, but... This guy has crazy talent. He's obviously more than capable of putting up 20-plus if he can. And I think a big thing that James hit on, Bill O'Brien has been holding that franchise back so badly for a long, long time. And I'm sure we we could go on about that, I think, for an hour-long podcast just about how terrible Bill O'Brien is. Um, But I I think that's crazy that after Bill O'Brien especially is gone, people are like, you know what, Brandon Cooks, we're just done with you. He didn't get rid of DeAndre Hopkins for a, a second round pick for no reason, and he didn't give up. I think he gave up a first for Brandon Cooks, didn't he? Bill O'Brien. I, I it was it, it was it was something, it, and and I believe that that has something to do with it as well, is because Brandon Cooks is getting a little bit of a bad rep because everybody was so just absolutely blown away by the DeAndre Hopkins trade that he's getting some. I guess maybe maybe undue criticism that's maybe given him a bit of a bad rep. That's the only that's the only way I can I can put to words why he's not owned. All the talk about him not being able to stay healthy and the D Hopkins trade with the Bill O'Brien is a bad situation. But you're telling me that if if you a guy that is Deshaun Watson's potential number one receiver is on the waiver wire. This guy's a top five, probably a top, maybe top five quarterback in the league at best. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's a good point pointing out who's throwing him the ball. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's no slouch. I mean, <laughs> I just, I'm kind of laughing at this. I think it's kind of funny. This is, I didn't realize how extreme this ownership issue was, but people in Yahoo leagues, wake up. You got to wake up a little bit here. You know, the funny, the funny story about how I found out he was on the waiver wire is because the I think it was the Pats Broncos game got postponed earlier that Sunday, and I had to and I sent a text to one of my buddies that still had a guy in his lineup like an hour before game time, and I'm saying, hey, you know, you better you know before it's too late, and then he sends me a text later, kind of a in, in a bit of a smart alecky fashion, saying. I did. I picked up Brandon Cooks. He got me thirty points, and I'm thinking, you picked up Brandon Cooks off the waiver wire. <laughs> You're being a nice, you're being a nice like league mate, and all of a sudden you're just like, wait, you picked up Brandon Cooks? 
Yeah, and then and then every single one of my leagues, I went to all my apps and made sure that he was. And I I picked him up in a couple of leagues. Hey. Yeah, unfortunately, he was picked up in all the, all of my leagues, so I'm in the I'm in the majority of the minority, if that makes sense. I, I didn't get to luck out with well, that. Who's gonna think he's gonna be on the waiver wire? I mean, seriously, I love ha- I, I I love having Brandon Cooks on my bench. Because of his big play potential and the fact yeah. that he can get you 30 points if you really need someone in a pinch. We're entering bye week season, people. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, seriously, this is this is the heart of bye week season. I mean, he's he's obviously not a wide receiver one, but he's easily a low end wide receiver two. I mean, I got to start him in the league. I picked him up because I got uh, Tyler Lockett on a bye, and uh, I got some injuries as well. Well, yeah, we're all dealing with that right now. Yeah, yeah, he's like a Jamison Crowder kind of like Jamison Crowder, uh, maybe even like a like a Debo Samuel kind of type guy. Like I feel like once he's going, you, he's unstoppable. I think that's crazy. That's just wild, man. I can't really top yours. Maybe we should have started with mine at the end of the day, but oh well. We're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, this guy's also not very owned in any leagues, um, but he's actually. You guys will think this is funny when you, when I say the name. So this man is owned in 64% of Yahoo leagues, and he's owned in 47% of ESPN leagues. So he's owned m- more often than not in Yahoo leagues than Brandon Cooks. And his name is Chase Edmonds. The backup running back for the Cardinals is more owned than Brandon Cooks. Isn't that wild? Well, I mean, when you look at the numbers this man's putting up, which I'm going to let you do the honors of reeling those off, but you know, they're using him and th- I think that they plan on using him for the foreseeable future. Oh yeah. This guy's tearing it up right now. I've had him stashed in a few dynasty leagues for a while. And those of you who don't know what a dynasty league is, we're not going to talk about it too much, but a dynasty league is where you draft a team and then you just keep that team year after year. And uh, you can kind of just treat it like a regular franchise. So I've had him stashed since last year because I was hoping Kenyon Drake would move on from the Cardinals. But in a in a redraft league, it's almost time to pick him up, and I think it is time to pick him up, especially if you've got if you're someone like a who's got Christian McCaffrey stock, if someone who's got Nick Chubb stock, you need a running back substitution. This is a guy to target, and I'll tell you why. Um, first three weeks, he wasn't too involved yet because Kenyon Drake was really getting the majority, and so was Kyler Murray. They got to you know fire up DeAndre Hopkins a little bit. But uh, as time has passed, we, when we when the season first started, we expected Kenyon Drake to be getting most of the touches as far as a receiving back has come. Well, that's kind of went to Chase Edmonds. He's the, mainly the main receiving back now, and Kenyon Drake's mainly the, the the bell cow, if you would say that. Um, so week four against Carolina, he had 16 rushing yards, which you're like, okay, what's the point? And then he had, uh, but he had another five catches. And so he had 10 total, uh, 15 total points that week. And then the next week, which was last week against the Jets, even though it is the New York football Jets, still anything you put up against the team as a backup running back, if you can put up 20-plus points is really impressive. And that's what he did. He put up 20.2 points. He had five catches. He had a touchdown rushing. And he had another 36 rushing yards. This man is catching a lot of balls out of the backfield. And Kyler Murray is going to be someone who's going to be on the move a lot. And a lot of these quarterbacks that are running around, they're going to be looking for a quick dump off if they really need to, if they can't seem to get yards by themselves. And we've kind of seen this too. Kenyon Drake hasn't exactly lit the world on fire this year. I would almost be willing to bet by the end of the year that if Kenyon Drake continues to decline because he is a free agent, that Chase Edmonds could come up out of nowhere and 
honestly take the spot from him, the main spot. He had 92 total yards last week. That's that's really good. On top of five catches and a touchdown, that's a lot of points for people. And like I said, if you got an injured running back, watch Chase Edmonds. Put him on a watch list if you really want to, to not pick him up yet. But just watch this guy. He's getting more and more looks every single week. And especially next year, you guys got to be looking at getting this guy, especially don't they don't draft or sign a running back because Kenyon Drake's going to be out of there, in my opinion. So what I was going to say is I believe that Kenyon Drake is in the same category as Clyde Edwards E. Laird in the sense that he was drafted because he's in an offense that's going to use him a lot. We saw the difference from him being in Miami last year and then going to Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. So people came into this year assuming he was going to be the type of guy who's going to be a consistent player for you. But you got to be careful with that kind of stuff because I feel like a lot of people drafted him high, not for him necessarily, but for his situation. And Chase Edmonds, to me, is wreaking the benefits of that situation more so than Ken Drake is. And if this continues, they definitely will not re-sign him. And if they've made up their mind that they're not going to re-sign him, I wouldn't be surprised if Chase Edmonds is the primary ball carrier for them going forward. You know, this this is going to become a trend. In, I think it should be more of a trend in fantasy than it is analyzing a running back's skill set and thinking, could a team reasonably think they could move on from this running back? And I think Kenny Drake is one of those guys. A guy that is good enough in a great offense to be productive, but at the end of the day, just not a game changer. He's not a Dalvin, a Derrick Henry, or a Kamara, or McCaffrey kind of running back. He's just not that guy. So when you don't have one of those guys, they're interchangeable. And when you have a guy that works better in that system, they're probably going to start to favor them, especially considering the fact that they're a playoff contender. Yeah, I'm looking at the last four weeks for Kenyon Drake, and he hasn't rushed for 100 yards yet. He's had one touchdown in four weeks, and he's caught four total balls in four weeks. He's scored less points than Chase Edmonds has as the starter, as getting 20 carries a game. He had 35 rushing yards against Carolina, where Todd Gurley just torched him for 120. And Todd Gurley's not exactly, you know, a young buck anymore. He's kind of slowing down. I'm, and we look at it after, after, like you said, average draft position for uh, Kenyon Drake. ESPN, he was the 11th running back taken off the board. Yahoo, he was the 10th on average. You, it, he As was taken number, super that, high. That, that, that's, that's, that's both, both leagues are suggesting he's a number one running back. Yep, and that's, 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 that's what both people were doing. That's what people were doing. He even tweeted out, I think, I don't know if you remember this, he tweeted out um, a picture of him, and he was like, um, your face when I win you your fantasy championship this year. I don't know about that anymore uh, i mean you know (laughs) something better change and chase Edmonds better stop getting points otherwise he's gonna be a bust well here we go look at we're looking at average reposition for chase Edmonds. he was the 49th running back on average taken off the board in espn and in yahoo it it says here that he was not drafted really at all he's not even ranked on here as far as the overall running back for ppr leagues that is that's mind-blowing to me can't say I didn't totally expect it. I didn't think Kenyon Drake, I thought it would be a, a little bit longer than this for Kenyon Drake's kind of like realization, like, oh, maybe he's not that 
that great as fantasy, but it's happening now, and Chase Edmonds really, really seizing his opportunity. Yeah, I'm not too surprised. If it's one thing I know about the NFL is that things like that happen sooner than later. You got a little bit of a question mark there. It's likely to happen within the first three to five weeks. Yeah, I'd say that's very true. You, know, you got a, You got a, You got a quarterback that might or might not be a starter. You know, you got a rookie in there. Some way, somehow, they're going to be the starter by week three. Look at Justin Herbert. Yep. You know, <laughs> they were talking way, about somehow. playing Tua too until Fitzpatrick went off last week. Yeah, I mean that. that I mean that's a that's a special case because of the hip injury. You can't you can't risk that. That's oh yeah. Potential. That's a that's a that's a year long fix. Mm-hmm. No, I think so. they should sit him all year. But I I we heard rumblings that. Tua may have came out that last game if it struggled, but I'm glad he didn't. I think Tua should really sit for the whole year, but that's not really fantasy-wise yet. Um, James, is there anything last second you wanted to add? Uh, I think that this was a good show. I I, I liked I, I liked your Chase Edmonds one. I thought that matched my Cooks one well. I don't know what you were saying earlier about, oh, I took the soul <laughs> of the show. I thought that. I think that those are two. I mean, those two play, look at those two players. Those two players, a lot of them were, both of them were probably, could have been undrafted or could have been floating out there in the waiver wire. There is gold out there, ladies and gentlemen. There is gold in that waiver wire. So be watching. And some of you guys, I mean, say you're listening to it when we post this tonight. Some waiver wires in some leagues because of the Tuesday game don't happen until Thursday morning. So look at Chase Edmonds. Look at Brandon Cooks. Get him on your teams as soon as possible. Um, other than that, I think that is it for us. Uh, we will say that you know, with the schedules for NFL being sometimes a Tuesday night game, who knows if even there's going to be like a Wednesday night football coming up with all this COVID stuff. Um, but we'll try and post our podcast the day after the the last game is played for the week just so we can cover everything that we can possibly can. So we'll try to be as consistent as possible. Uh, bear with us during the crazy, you know, COVID season that we're going through. But uh, other than that, um, good luck to everybody. Hopefully you guys can win your weeks. And like we said, pick up these two guys. They're going to be huge, especially if they're sitting out there for free. (laughs) All right, everybody, have a good night.